Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, December 3rd, and we have the best of the week around Jags Broadcasting and Jaguars.com. As we head into Week 13, the Jaguars visit the Los Angeles Rams this Sunday. Subscribe to the Jaguars official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin with Monday's Jaguars Happy Hour radio show. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I reviewed the loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Then later on in the game, they showed Brunel. What was, and I, what was that one, JP? That was the Falcons as the 96 missed field goal, uh, Morton Anderson, re- rewind kind of deal. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. They went back in time. They did. <laughs> I think they wish they could go back in time because that team would be favored by a touchdown over this one. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's yeah, bad, it's, uh, man. It's bad. It's a bad team right now. I mean, as we, I mean, you know, we, the three of us exchange text messages every week, you know, in preparation for the show. And my comment was, and you said it, Pete, you know, same story, different show. I mean, it's just like, I mean, at some point, I mean, you could, you know, what we have said the last several weeks is pretty much the same thing outside of a couple highlights, you know, the past, you know, over the last month of where how the defense has played at a high level at certain times and for certain games it played great. Offensively, we can't score points. Um, and Urban's right. There's no big plays. There's no consistency. Um a lot was made up, made about it in the week. I think Pete Urban must have listened to our show because he said, you know, after a uh, thorough audit of the offense, there were the offense isn't very creative. I know that probably put a <laughs> smile on your face. It did. Um, it did. And the reality is, and then you know, Daryl Bevel came back and said, "Well, creative is when you're moving the ball and scoring points." I mean, he's right too. It's amazing, you know. I mean, Pete, think back to Sean McVay. He was like the genius, amazing, creative offensive mind. And the reason he was is because he had Todd Gurley and they could run the ball as well as anybody and play action pass off of it. You know, when you do certain things well, you can get creative and do things. And when you have players that can make plays and, you know, beyond the X's and O's, you look like a genius as well. Um, You know, fast forward a few years and the Rams can't run the ball very as well. They struggle to score points, you know, at times and they don't have an effective drop back passing game. You know, all of a sudden they're not as creative as they once were. So I get what Daryl Bevel's saying, but the reality is you watch this offense, and I think, Pete, you and I have been saying from the beginning, I know I said early when they were, you know, holding Trevor back, not wanting him to run, which they're no longer doing. It doesn't feel like this offense was designed around Trevor Lawrence. Like, let's just put this kid in a place where he's comfortable, what he did in college, build on those type of concepts. And, and work towards getting him comfortable in the NFL. Um, like, if I asked you, like, what is the staple of their run game? Like, what are, are they a gap team? Are they a zone team? Like, what do they do really well? Like, what is their go-to? You know, what is their go-to concept? Well, what is what is their go-to run game plays? I mean, right now it's the it's zone read is what they right. do. I mean, and that's it. Um, so, I mean. We could unpack all that. The bottom line is this team struggles to score points, and the offense is struggling. The quarterback is inconsistent. At times yesterday, he looked amazing and made some big-time throws. Other times, he looks inaccurate. Um, they can't get in a rhythm. They don't get anything going. I think the biggest surprise for me, Pete, you know, of this game, I, I, I hate to say it, I was not surprised by the offense. 
I was not surprised by us not scoring points. We haven't scored points all year. All right. Oh, that was almost a bonanza. If they got one, if they got one more touchdown late, that's that's a great game. Yeah, but what's shocking to me is that the defense got pushed around by a bad offensive line who's not physical and gave up 150 plus yards of rushing to a team that averages 7.8. I mean, 78.6 yards per game, which is 31st in the league, and. They are last in the league in yards per carry, and they gassed the Jaguars yesterday. Yeah, yep. and that Terrible. was sho- that. That was shocking to me. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday airs on 1010XL AM and Jaguars social media channels with a re-air on 1010XL AM and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville from 8 to 10 p.m. On to Tuesday and the Urban Meyer Show. Head coach Urban Meyer joined Jeff Lagerman and me to discuss the Falcons game, yes, but the big topic of the day was the college coaching carousel. A couple of premium jobs were open, and his name was rumored to be in the mix. Urban said, no thanks. He's in this Jaguars build for the long haul. Let's start, though, with all the big news around college football, and the head coaching carousel is spinning faster really than ever right now. Some high-profile schools have changed coaches in the last 48 hours, and the Urban Meyer name pops up, right or wrong, in in these times it feels like. Is that flattering? Is it annoying? Is it distracting? What are your reactions when you see your name on these lists? I spent so long in college football that um, you're talking about some great places, so when I start getting text messages or phone calls, you know, of course it's flattering, you know, the respect I have for um, that profession, but uh, I have no interest. I, I I have a great relationship with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love the 904 area and feel committed to these players. And, I mean, this is this losing stuff will kill you. I mean, it will kill you. But uh, we're all committed here to turn this thing. And I speak on behalf of our players, our coaching staff, and we are going to grind and work and work. And, you know, the vision of a full bank, TIA bank stadium and, you know, a high-flying offense and all that, we have the quarterback. We have to just keep building and get better. There's still confidence you can turn it this season with with six games to go, right? What are we talking about, man? I mean, you see it all the time. And, you know, I know I see Jeff right there nodding his head. Of course we can. We all beat the Buffalo Bills and play great defense. You know, we've had some – Awful injuries at the fast, you know, our speed at receiver. We and then now our fast tight ends out. And but uh, it's, don't don't tell us how deep the ocean is. Just figure out how to get across it. So we're a. Uh, my attitude's great. You know, I just I feel I feel for our fans. I feel for our former players. I feel most importantly for our players. Let's go win. Let's go win and keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And uh, we that's what you're going to get is a fight. And, Urban, the game in the NFL, as you are learning and seeing, is it's it's so tight. And any kind of mistake that you make or things that you might miss certainly can cost a football team in a big way. Uh, this past game, you had some mental errors that uh, cost your football team. And when you clean them up, obviously will help in a big fashion. How do you go about making sure that you can clean them up to where you can give yourself the best chance to win every week? That's the million-dollar question. That's a question that, uh, you know, for all of us that's been in this game forever, uh, you try to figure out if it was wearing a lucky T-shirt or, or screaming at someone or pulling them out of the game, you do it. But when you think about, uh, first of all, I, I, I say this weekly, and I'd, I'd be transparent with you if I felt like our locker room wasn't, wasn't all about the right stuff. They are. When I see a mistake, it makes you very angry, but it also breaks your heart because, you know, 
my gosh, you're just going as hard as you can. And you look up, and I remember looking and saying, what? you're kidding me. You know, our defense is off the field twice within a five-minute window, and you see two two penalties, you know, and uh, or a, a, a run route or a, a drop pass or something. And, and uh, But, you know, there's one answer, Jeff. You know it as well as anyone, and it's, you know, elbow grease and go to work. Uh, one of the great things I think about you talk about a great locker room <clears throat> is you get really exceptional locker rooms when you get to the point where the locker room starts demanding of each other that those corrections are made and those mistakes are not made. Are you starting to see signs of that? Because obviously this is a locker room that takes time to build. Not yet. You know, I see uh, bits and pieces of it because we have some really good leaders. You know, uh, it was great to have Linder back. Um, but but not not to the degree. Or, or like you said, you know, that's, when I studied the Patriots for so long and I even brought William Guinness in here to talk to our team, I remember uh, sitting with Mike Vrabel, Bruschi, and um, – uh, uh, Rodney Harrison back into the day, and I and I even asked Coach Belichick about how do you handle this situation. He looks at me, goes, "I don't have that situation. It never gets to me." You know, I was like, "Whoa, what are you talking about?" And then I watched practice, and I saw after practice who ran the meetings, the way it was done, and and that's what the culture we're trying to build here. Head coach Urban Meyer with us. Jaguars offense last week. There were some positives later in the game, trying to climb back in the thing and. Just fell a little bit short in that one. There was all that talk last week about creativity and there was some uh, run-pass option things that came back in the game last week. Uh, the question for me here is, what is your ideal offense, Urban, and and how do you build that? Well, as I told, my entire career has been, what's your offense? Tell me who my quarterback is. You know, what about your uh, defense? Well, tell me who our defensive ends are. You know, I, I was enamored with the 3-4 defense, but – we were very fortunate. We kept recruiting these five-star athletes that are four-three defensive ends. So guess what defense we played? Four-three. You know, when Dwayne Haskins was a quarterback, we dropped back 50 times a game, and he threw 50 touchdowns and very few interceptions. When you know J.T. Barrett or Tebow was your quarterback, you're not going to do that. You're going to run spread option football. So with Trevor Lawrence, you like to see a combination of what a little bit of what you saw. I thought our offense at times looked unstoppable. You know, if you let him play his game in the gun, but you also, and, and once again, James Robinson is not himself yet, you know, and I love him. We all love him. He goes so, he's such a tough guy, but you can see he just doesn't have that second gear, you know, the first gear that, that he needs. But that, to answer your question, a combination of both, and I see teams across the NFL do it. I know he can do it, and um, we just have to keep building. The Urban Meyer Show airs Tuesdays at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Let's hear from the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, now. He spoke with the media in his regular Wednesday afternoon press conference, and there was plenty of discussion this week about the quicker tempo in the Jags' offense last week. Yeah, it helps a lot when you can play with tempo. Um, it obviously slows down the pass rush. You know, guys get tired eventually, and it just helps us keep the defense on their heels. It's harder to dial things up when you're playing against a tempo team. You know, you don't get set. You don't always get your call in. So a lot of times, you know, you go back to your base call or whatever that is. So you, that helps. They're a really good defense. So we got our hands full with that, but we're excited for the challenge. You know, obviously we, have, we got a good plan that we've, we're putting together. Great day today. Um, but yeah, tempo was, was good for us last week, so we'll keep you know expanding on that and um, do what we need to do to, to put us in the best situation. When we return, we'll hear from Jaguars offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, plus a look ahead to the Los Angeles Rams. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Earlier, we heard from quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Now time to hear from Jaguars offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. A quicker tempo was one talking point this week. The other, the read option game for the Jaguars quarterback. How does the read option help a play caller? Well, I think there's a lot of things to, you know to like about it. It just just the options that you have on it, and uh, you know there's you know I go back to my Seattle days and we kind of talked about free yards, you know, where you can get the quarterback on the edge and you know there's there's clearer space and um, you know there's. You're not having to make a guy miss in the hole. You're not having a safety to, you know, a receiver have to come dig out a safety and make some tough blocks. You can get it out there in, in space and some better things can happen when you're out there. The press conferences from the entire week available on Jaguars.com. We move now to defense and rookie cornerback Tyson Campbell had a strong game last week. Three tackles, three passes defensed, including his first career interception. He joined me on the Crown Royal water break this week. Take us through the interception. You came off your man. You went back and undercut the route. Go through it. Well, we was just playing cover two, uh, doing my doing my job, uh, making sure I reroute uh, the receiver that was in front of me, and uh, make sure I get width and depth uh, for any you know outbreaking or deep outbreaking routes, so I can about save time for the half safety to get over top. And you know, I saw ball and I got ball. Yeah, and it's got to be a great feeling, right? I mean, that's something you look forward to. You're drafted. Oh, when am I going to get my first interception? Nearly had two of them in the game, though. Right. You finally got that first one. What did you do with the ball? Did you take it to the house with you? Yeah, I took it home. Uh, you know, the, the equipment guys, you know, you know, wrote the date, um, wrote interception, my jersey number on it. So it was pretty special. You know, got to do it in front of the home crowd. And in front of my family, but you know, wish we came out with, with the win, though. You know, early in the season, there were a couple of balls that you know were kind of past you over your head. You had been with the man, and then it, it felt like as the season has gone on, that's improved for you. Your your ball skills when the ball's in the air. And, and Urban Meyer earlier this week said that something you've been working on on the practice field. What have you done to improve uh, with the ball in the air as the season has gone on? I'm staying with the course. Um, just doing extra stuff at the practice, um, you know, watching film and trying to make find little things I can get better at. And um, so I think you know that over time, staying consistent with that, uh, just just led to better results. And um, having faith in myself, um, having faith in God, and just you know trusting it. The full conversation coming up Sunday in the public's tailgate show, or check social media this weekend for the Crown Royal water break. Let's wrap this week with Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday afternoon as Bucky, John Osher, and I looked ahead to the Los Angeles Rams. Since they put the all-star team together, Bucky, they are 0 for 3. Yeah, it hasn't gone according to script uh, out here in L.A. Um, they are not uh, necessarily playing great. And a lot of their problems don't necessarily stem from all the new faces. It kind of stems from their style of play. Right now, what they have is um, – kind of the dilemma, the way that the quarterback plays, 
um, is great for him, but it doesn't work for everybody else. This has been a team that has traditionally been able to run the football, throw off play action, have a lot of big plays off deception and misdirection. Matthew Stafford is a quarterback that is more comfortable in a drop back scenario where they're kind of spreading it out, empty formations, and he's working uh, isolation routes and those things. The problem is their offensive line doesn't protect well in, in, in that kind of system. And so what you have is a very disjointed offense that doesn't look like the offense that we've seen from the Rams uh, for the last few years, and they're struggling because of it. And the final part is this is not a very physical team. Uh, the teams that have had the most success against the Rams of late have been the ones that have socked them right in the mouth and they haven't responded well. Now, I would like to say that Jacksonville can do that, but we just haven't seen that when it comes to a physical running game and a very physical defense. But the calling card for Rams, you got to hit in the face and they get up. Yeah, and that's why you know San Francisco has so much success. Uh, they can they can line up and do that, John, against a team like LA. I'm curious, Bucky, is there any element to this? Um, you know, you've got a lot of stars, but they don't strike you as an overly deep team. And I only see them, you know, and maybe that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about with the physicality. But you've got all these stars. And you wonder after a while if they're drafting the depth to be a young team that plays the, uh, the way they want to play. You know what I'm getting at? I do know what you're getting at. Uh, depth is a concern. Uh, their frontline stars are outstanding, though. Like the the talent that they have uh, assembled is is terrific. The issue that you have is not only like trying to put all this together from a chemistry standpoint, the coach in the locker room, but remember you have a new defensive coordinator in Raheem Morris who wasn't. Um, He's not necessarily running the same defense that Brandon Staley's running. Uh, you have Sean McVay trying to figure out how to call plays for a different quarterback than the one that he had for the previous three or four years in Jared Goff. All of those things kind of working together um, has been a challenge, and it's been a challenge as the tape has circulated around the league. The first four or five weeks of the season, it was great because no one has seen the Rams operate like this. Well, now the tape circulates. People see how defensive coordinators are having success against them. They put those same game plans to see if Sean McVay has an answer, and they have it. And so it's one of those things that would be interesting to see on Sunday. What kind of game plan do the Jaguars put together on offense and on defense to take advantage of some of the vulnerabilities that this team has shown on both sides of the ball? So uh, Coach Bucky Brooks, defensive coordinator Bucky Brooks, uh, Shaq Griffin's on the injury report still, at least uh, through mm. the day, did not practice today. How are you covering Cooper Cup? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one because uh, Cooper Cup is Matthew Stafford's go-to receiver. Now the thing about it is he can have a ton of catches but not have a major impact on the game. The other guys, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., they tend to have a greater impact in terms of delivering big plays. So what you have to figure out, one, when you're the Jaguars, okay, what are you living to live with? Are you willing to live with Cooper Cup having 10 catches for maybe 110 yards uh, but no touchdowns? Or are you willing to really double-team him, take him away, but you may give up a big play to Odell Beckham Jr. or Van Jefferson or Tyler Higbee? That is the big thing from a philosophical standpoint. What Matthew Stafford has struggled with, he hasn't been good with the blitz of late, uh, but he also hasn't been good when you sit back and uh, make him throw into coverage because he's big play hunting. He wants to let the ball go and fly down the field. And when you take that away, he has struggled being disciplined enough to take the check down. I think you have to have a little variety in the game plan to kind of see which Matthew Stafford shows up on game day. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesday at 430 on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. 
Coming up Sunday, the Publix Tailgate Show airs at 1 o'clock p.m. on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville and the Jaguars social channels. Then at 3 o'clock, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. Pete Prisco, the guys in the booth, Fred Taylor, and of course we'll have the final word before kickoff with head coach Urban Meyer. Then after the game, Jaguars postgame with Fred Taylor, followed by the scoreboard show with Bucky Brooks. Kickoff for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is set for 4.05 Eastern. Enjoy the game Sunday. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadman. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.